All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck steens? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's everybody holding up? What a fucking travesty. What a fucking murderous shit show this country is. God damn it. Hard to have hope sometimes. I'm the fucking shame to myself because I feel like I'm losing hope in this idea that, you know, we can get some reasonable gun control laws on the books so murderous, psychopathic killers can't get guns when they turn 18. Happy birthday, killer. Fuck. Something's got to happen, man. My heart goes out to all the people that lost people. It's fucking terrible. God, every day, man, every day. You got to check in with it. You can't just live in a shell or live in your circle or live in your four block radius. This affects everybody. Oh, my God. I just spent two days cooking. Today on the show, Joey Kamen is here. He's a. Uh, He's one of the Comedy Store originals. He's a guy that I remember watching when I was a doorman at the Comedy Store. He was he was there a couple years after it started in, in the mid seventies. He, uh, you know, I I ran into him for some reason. He always sticks in my it sticks in my head this Joey Kamen fellow. Like what happened to him? He was actually on the old Richard Pryor show. There was a whole bunch of those uh, those comics from the mid seventies that showed up on that show because uh, Richard booked them on there. And I just saw Joey at the Comedy Store birthday party and I was excited. I was like, oh my God, Joey Kamen. I don't know I don't know if he's seen that much excitement to see him in a while. But he also wrote two books, My Life with Snoopy and his autobiography, Laughing Through the Pain, Stories from the Trenches of Hollywood Stand-Up Comedy and Beyond. And I don't know, I just wanted to talk to Joey Kamen. It turned out to be kind of a interesting and a little odd, but that'll be happening. Also, look, uh, we announced earlier this week that starting in July, we begin a new partnership with ACAST. Some of you saw that tweet. Some of you saw the announcement. Some of you read the articles. But let's go over what it means for you as a listener. If you listen to the free version of this show, the way you listen doesn't change. Do you hear me? Does not change. A big reason we decided to partner with ACAST is we're able to keep the show on all its current platforms. So however you listen to WTF, you can keep listening the way you listen to it. What you will get is many more episodes from the archives for free. We're going to bring a majority of the episodes out from behind the paywall so everybody has access to them. That's going to be a first. Now, for people who subscribe to Stitcher Premium to get our back catalog, WTF will be leaving Stitcher Premium on June 30th. So that's a little heads up. If you're on a monthly plan there or you want to make any changes to your account, okay, June 30, we're out of Stitcher Premium. Starting July 1st, there will be a monthly subscription option through ACAST Plus. You do not need a separate app for this. You do not. When you sign up for ACAST Plus, you get your subscription content on your current apps. For ACAST Plus subscribers, you'll get every episode in our back catalog ad-free plus weekly bonus content that we're going to produce exclusively for subscribers. Yes. Now, look, we'll get you more details on all this as we get closer to the launch date. But to recap, here's the deal. If you listen to the show for free, just keep listening. Nothing changes except you'll get a lot more episodes in your feed. If you are a Stitcher Premium subscriber, we'll be off that service on June 30th and we'll have subscriptions available on Acast Plus starting July 1st. We want to thank Stitcher for their partnership over the years and a big thanks to Acast for these new options. It's very exciting. Brendan and I are very happy. I hope you'll be happy. It's a nice incentive for us to create more stuff. So I've been home for a few days. I go back out tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be at, uh, at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to spending a day in Vancouver. I would have spent more time there. I would have gone out to the islands, but I've been away so much. And the cats are always... Something's going on with the cats. The weird thing about cats is cats are fucking weird. They change. They do weird shit as they get older. Or they just decide different things. It's like, oh, I guess you're sleeping there now. When did that happen? All right. 
and they're a lot more friendly. I think they really, I, it's hard to tell with cats sometimes, but I think my cats miss me when I'm gone. It's, uh, it's nice. I think they're, I'm happy there's two of them, but, um, you know, in and out of town. So now the work begins to shave this two-hour set into something very tight, into like a tight 70 minutes uh, as we approach the fall. And hopefully we'll have something for HBO to record. So Joey Kamen, it's so funny. You know, there's still, after we talked on mic, there was off mic stuff. There's just gossip that's gone back in that place since what? 75, 85, 95, 2005, 2000, like 50 years, 50 years. There's some, there's still some like, it's weird. You know, it wasn't on mic, but there's still, you know, small beefs. They can last forever, man. Life is short. And uh, if you got a problem with somebody and you can't shake it, you might not. Write that down. Life is short. If you can't muster up an apology, you're just going to have to live with that thing. You're going to take that resentment to your grave. Might not even be real. Anyway, Joey Kamen is here. His books, My Life with Snoopy, and the other book, Laughing Through the Pain, Stories from the Trenches of Hollywood Stand-Up Comedy and Beyond. You can get both wherever you get books. And this is me talking to Joey Kamen. Yeah, I thought when you were doing that voice at the beginning, I, it almost sounded like Sam, like Kennison. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, no. oh, oh, Kennison. Yeah, yeah. But it was a Sam Elliott voice. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want to talk about that piece of shit? <laughs> now, I'm, I'm about to put my foot up your ass, Marin. I mean, I tell yeah. you, I wasn't talking about Power of the Dog. I was talking about uh, Joker. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, my now, few minutes, my my two minutes in Joker. Now, how, was, did, how did you, uh, did, you got to actually see Robert De Niro get his brains blown out, son. I did, right right in front of me. It was crazy. It was awesome. Awesome. That's good. That's a pretty good one. But you weren't like when, I, I don't remember, like, I've mentioned you on the show before. Right. You know, and I guess that got back to you. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like I said, very nice of Mark to do that. I'm like, wow. Who told you? Uh, a buddy of mine, a uh, guy named Adam. Yeah? Uh, yeah, he says he listens to your show all the time. And, and uh, Is he in the business? Yeah, he's a producer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And he said, uh, you know Mark Maron? He goes, Mark, Mark Maron mentions you on the show all the time. It's a, he says, you're kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why does Mark Maron mention me on the show? I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, really? I, like, uh, I have no recollection of Mark Maron. <laughs> no, 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 I do. Uh, you know, but, you know, it's like we ran in different circles, you know. Well, I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm a few years older than you. I mean, you know, and, you know. How old are you, Joe? I'm 65. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I've been doing this since I'm 17. Well, here's the thing. And I'll tell you, and we'll go back to 17. Yeah. Is that like when I was a doorman, you know, I was very impressionable. Like I was ill, I was not quite defined as a human, right? So I was yeah. like 21, 22 out of college. Yeah. And I get that job at that weird ass fucking place in 19, it must have been 87, early yeah. 87. 87. Right? Okay. And I'm just a door guy. Right. And so I, you know, I'm working all the rooms. She made me head door guy. Mitzi did. So I'm seeing the people that are on. And you at that time were kind of in the rotation. Yeah. In 87. It was like you, Jan Hart, Karen Haber, uh, Karen Babbitt, yeah. uh, 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 Steve Odenkirk, Damon yeah. Wayans, yeah. Dice, uh, Sam was kind of rising and Dice was kind of rising. Who else was there? Fleischer occasionally. So like I developed some sort of Altman. Yeah. Jeff. So, and you know, Jack <laughs> Perdue, Tim Jones, Johnny Dark, like there, you know, uh, Larry Scarano. But there was this whole crew of these guys that n- not a lot of people know. Yeah. But I got very like I'd see you every like twice a week, three times a week. Yep. And uh, so like it, whoever you were and whoever you are, it stuck in my brain. So like you were always a guy that I was like, what happened to that guy? Where's that guy at? Yeah. You do all those characters. Yep. So where did you where did you start comedy at the store? At the, at the store. So how did you get like wh- where did you grow up? And in- I grew up in Detroit, in the city. Are you a Jew from Detroit? Yeah, a Jew from Detroit. Yeah, Jew from Detroit, Russian Romanian Jew. Yeah, where in the city though? I was just in Detroit. Not that I would I, know. Well, but- yeah, you went. No, I, I grew up on uh, like Six Mile and uh, 
uh, on Roselawn, which is like went to Bagley Elementary School, Henry Ford High School. It's, it's on the, it's on the, uh, Henry Ford High School, where they taught anti-Semitism? <laughs> where they taught anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah, I know, because of Henry Ford. Yeah. No, but uh, everything's called, and Henry Ford's got all the shit named after him in sure. Detroit. Yeah. I was stayed at a hotel that was at the fire headquarters in Detroit, this huge fire headquarters right on yeah. Learned Street, I think it's Learned or something like that. I, I think that's in Detroit. Yeah, yeah I, right I, I, I wasn't a suburbanite. Most of the comedians that said they were from Detroit were not. They're from the suburbs, except for like uh, uh, Binder. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure where he grew up. But, yeah, but he's uh, a Detroit guy. Yeah, um, uh, Willie Tyler is from Detroit. Yeah, he's a friend and Johnny Witherspoon's from Detroit. Who I used yeah. to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, who so you're away in De- recently. recently. Yeah. So you're in Detroit as a kid. Now, was there was your dad in the auto industry? Nah, nah. My father was uh, a. a um, he just was like a upholstery salesman. Upholstery salesman. <laughs> and where, was he like uh, born in the states? Was he or you yeah, had... no, Detroit? He's from Detroit. Oh, full yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, Detroit. I mean, my 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 grandparents were from Russia and Romania. Right. And your mom too. And my mom's from Detroit. Yeah. So yeah. there you are. And what you just did? Like, well, it's I was nineteen sixty. It's the late sixties. At fifteen, I made a plan to leave Detroit. At fifteen, at fifteen, uh, you know, I had a very hor- horrible childhood. Why? Yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad. You know, it was, was not good. My okay. pa- parents it was not. I used to. It was not good. You know, in not which good. way? You know, in the way that you know, my parents were uh, not that bright. You know, and yeah. uh, I was always. Uh, you know, fighting with them and just, you know, it was just, it was, it was not good. You know, yeah. it's it, pretty dysfunctional like most comedians. No, you know? dr- no booze or no, violence? No, not with me. Yeah. No, no, no there was no. No, uh, but I mean with the folks. No, oh, no, 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 no. It was more just, you know, uh, other kinds of abuse. But, not, uh, emotional. Uh, emotional and, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I won't get into the. Are others. they both gone? Uh, yeah, they're both gone. Oh, they're both gone. You can yeah. talk about them. Oh, I can talk about. <laughs> I, I can talk about. Oh no, no, I can talk about. You know, like a lot of comedians. You know, are, are you know drug addicts and recovering sure. addicts and all that sure. kind of stuff. And um, mine's more of a sex addiction. You oh, know, okay. Can, you know, and oh, most yeah. people don't like to talk about that. It's like, oh, hey, how many years of recovery you got in alcohol? Yeah. Oh, oh, congratulations. Yeah. What about uh, a sex addict? Oh, I mean, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. What you, is you, that? What, what, what is that? You, you, yeah. you got. You got, you got, oh yeah, no horrors for how many years? Yeah. Oh, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like no one talks about it. No one talks about it. Well, I just it. read an interesting little bit about, you know, because I've had arguments with that with sex workers about, you know, whether or not, you know, porn addiction exists. Oh, it's a very, I, I'll guarantee you 1,000% no, it no. exists. Well, I mean, it, but it, it's it's framing it that way. The reason why sex industry people don't want to frame it that way is it's easy to exploit it then by the wrong people, by the right wing or religious fanatics that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, they, they look, that means they look at their work as some, you know, horrible thing, like a drug. So they're, they kind of are defensive about that. But the truth of the matter is dopamine is dopamine and how you get it is how you get it. And if you're jacking your dopamine up to get off, then it's an addiction. Period. Oh, it, it, it's a total addiction. I mean, if you go into the, uh, you know, um, if you, most people have never been into like a, a recovery room with uh, with sex addicts. Yeah. And, you know, they, um, you see these kids, you know, they've been addicted to porn on the internet since they're like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. They're so fucked up. Yeah. You know, and it's so sad. I mean, yeah. and, they, and, and they have to stay away from it to get it, to get it. Well, I think that's, a, that's the tricky thing about food and sex addictions is that you have to figure out what your bottom line is. You yeah. have to figure out what your line is you know and there's programs that sure. they have you know sure. there, there's, there's there's i have the slaw book uh, oh yeah there's there's sex addicts anonymous yeah. there's a sex, sex and, and love, love addicts, addicts. Yeah. you know that, that's a whole different that's a whole different thing but they're they're it's more of a lot of those people are more love addiction as opposed and sex combined but the sex addiction uh yeah boy i don't can't believe i'm talking about this and how uh, are you doing with it all right oh yeah yeah i've got like uh, how many years 28 Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, so you ran away from home, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't run away from home. I made a plan. Yeah. I mean, who plans at fifteen? What was what was the plan? Uh, at fifteen? I, I, I bought a van and I moved out here and I, I wanted what was to the be, plan. The plan was to become a stand-up comedian. Based on what? Why did you decide that? Who was it that made you feel better? Uh, Jonathan Winters was my idol. Okay. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of did that that kind of yeah thing. that kind of stand up. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and I actually got to work with him too. You know, we oh, got yeah? to work with my idol back in '94. Really, working on this TV animated show called Little Dracula, where we, we got it's yeah got riffing. Oh my god, it was the most fun I ever had with him. So you okay. drive the car out, you drive your van out. Yeah, the VW van. No, no, it was a, a big Ford uh, Conoline with, oh, a, with a Cono. It, it, it was actually. Uh, uh, it had a. It was a, a mini home. It did was a buy, mini. I bought, bought it myself. It, bought it used. Yeah, yeah. And your parents were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Or like, no, no, care. not at all. They, my, they, I had to leave. It was just so dysfunctional. Oh, really? I had to go. Really? I had to go. All it right. was just so bad. It all was right. Just, I had to get the the fuck out of there. Yeah. You know, but but back then, you know, and I looked so young. You know, I mean, it was really, you know. Well, I remember being I remember uh, being uh, on Hollywood Boulevard and I just turned 18 and I had my ID on and they were truant officers were yeah because like, it's, it's near um Hollywood High School yeah I remember they were like I uh, got all this stuff's coming back to me they, they were um uh, like, let me see your ID because they were like uh, you know getting kids in trouble because they were skipping school right, so, right. And I just turned 18 and I showed them my card and yeah I didn't get in trouble because I thought it was from the high school mm. yeah it, it, it was weird yeah I, I mean I, I can't and, and uh, here's how I, I did the comedy store I went auditioned yeah and Mitzi liked me yeah immediately yeah and within four times of ever being at the comedy store uh, I was a regular. How do you know to go there? How do I know to go there? Oh, get, this is how I discovered okay. the comedy store. All right. I was working in a furniture store in Detroit. Yeah. And uh, for your dad? No, no, no. Uh, this is a this is a a, a real high end furniture store. Yeah. And I was this horny kid in they they had Playboy magazine. Yeah. So uh, I go up into the loft to yeah. look at the magazine. You know. And so I you're start, jerking off upstairs. No, I didn't know. jerk off. All right, I all right. didn't jerk off. Okay. But I started reading this article, and there yeah. was an article about the comedy store. And it said, Mitzi Shore in yeah. Playboy. Yeah. So I call her. <laughs> I call her. Yeah. I was a ballsy kid. Yeah. You know, I think I was 16. Call her from Detroit. Yeah, I call her, and I said, uh, she goes, well, you know, you can come on out, and uh, you can audition. I said, okay. And she was from, her, her Sammy and her lived in uh, Detroit. Uh -huh. I don't know if you knew that. Missy, no. Missy and Sammy lived in Detroit. And they actually lived on a street called Littlefield, and I lived in a street called... After Wood. Minneapolis or wherever she was yeah, from? Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's why she talks like this. Yeah, yeah. It, people don't realize she's not whiny. That's the Wisconsin accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also a little nasally. Yeah, it's nasally too, but it's also a Wisconsin. So she tells you to come out, so was that part of the reason? Yeah. You're like, I got it. I'm in uh, with Mitzi. Uh, yeah. So you yeah. get out here, where do you live? Uh, oh, at, uh, oh. 16 or 17. Oh, I, 17. I placed an ad. This is really freaky. I placed an, I'm just nutty. I, when I look back on it, I go, how do I have the balls to do this so young? Yeah, I, know, I, I, I look back on myself too. I don't know how I did it. Yeah, yeah. I, I put an ad in the LA Times. Yeah. Young man, 18, <laughs> looking for room for rent, okay? In the LA Times, yeah. okay? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I was really 17. Yeah. Or 16 at the time. Right. And, Oh my God, I got letters from all these gay guys. <laughs> yeah. Like sending me their pictures and shit. Yeah. You can live in my pool house. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. You know, I mean, I'm from the Midwest. You know, you didn't know what a gay person <laughs> was even then. Oh my God. And like, I'm like, all. And, and people like, had, to, had to send you actual photographs. They would send me photos of themselves and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, I was freaked. I was freaked out. Yeah. And then there was one letter from some. Some chick who said you could stay with me and my son in yeah. the room and da da da, and I ended up staying there and I ended up getting scabies from the fucking bed I was sleeping in. And Great like, time, yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Welcome to L.A. Oh, I have one chapter in my book about scabies. Yeah, where I got scabies from yeah. staying in the room. Well, yeah. Welcome to L.A. Yeah, yeah, I got scabies. Yeah, like oh my god, it's horrible. So you go you... and then I, I stay in this room, okay, and then I, I go to the com. I, that, I'm living in this room. Yeah, and I, and the scabies I, room. It's a scabies room. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go to the comedy store. Yeah. I audition and Mitzi likes me. She says, come 75. back. Come, no, 74. 74. Come back next week, she says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, so um, who do you see that first night you're there? I mean, me and this, you want to know who started the same exact day as me? Yeah. Shirley Hemphill. Oh, yeah. All right. She was my buddy. Yeah. So the day she died, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was great. She was hilarious. So you so you go back the next week and, and you got a spot? Uh, uh, yeah. And you're I'm, working. I'm, I'm, no, I performed and I, I only worked about four times. Then she said, you're a regular. Really? Four yeah. times? Four times. In my whole life. And you know, I, I was like a natural, I guess. I, I don't know. You know, I, but you're just doing the voices. Yeah, doing the voices and the characters from the streets yeah, of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. and it was just I was wild on stage. I'd say whatever I wanted, and I just looked because the voices didn't look like they can come out of me. Yeah, in fact, I've sounded yeah. like I do right now since I was 17 yeah. years old. You know, my voice has not changed. So, 
so when you you start working there, what, how many spots you get in a week? I mean, how? Oh, afterwards, there, there was no. They weren't paying you then. There was no. no I know, but it's yeah, over. I was getting like I was working like four nights a week, and actually, I was a doorman too. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. a I was a doorman when I was eighteen, and I got fired for gossiping about some waitress who was screwing this old dude. Yeah. It turns out the old dude owned the fucking building. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mitzi and fired Mitzi, you. Oh, the guy scared the shit out of me. He came up to me. I don't want to say his name. Yeah, he was a gangster. He's dead. He didn't scare. He didn't scare me that much at all because I used to work in Detroit. In Detroit, sure. I used to work in this furniture store I worked in. Yeah, it was like stone cold mafia. Yeah, I mean, and these guys. Who was the I, guy? Frank Senes. Okay, it was a mobster. Yeah, Jewish mobster who I, who, who owned uh, he owned the, the whole building. Ciro's building. Yeah, he owned the comedy store building. Huh? And I was like, I said, you know, and I was talking about this waitress chick. And, you know, because I had a crush on her. And she was like, oh, she's sleeping with that old dude for her. And then she's like, Joey's gossiping about me. And then, and then. Yeah, yeah. And like, and Mitzi found out about it. And she's like, holy fuck. It's the, it's this guy. And he goes, I don't like what you're saying about her. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, he scared me a little bit. But I'm like, you know, this guy's so nothing. Funny, this guy's not nothing next day. This guy's this, yeah, yeah. Know, what I grew up with. You know, right. I mean, he, was, he didn't scare me that bad because I was, there was serious he fucking reminded mafioso, me of the, uh, mafiosos the, I used to deal with. The, the Lenny Bruce mafioso voice at the Shelly Berman show. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, so all right, so you get fired from the door job, but you're still doing spots. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm still doing spots. Yeah, she was. Mitzi thought it was funny. Yeah, you know, she was like, you know, she. I had a love hate relationship with her anyway. Who I mean, doesn't? I mean, I mean, yeah, she was really mean to me. I mean, really fucking like in mean. In what way? You know, I mean, she would just insult me and. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, oh oh yeah. She was just mean. She was mean. But who's on the? So like at that time, you're friends with oh. Shirley, and like oh, me and Paul Mooney were really good friends. Right, but this is before the strike, right? It'll be way before the strike. So who's working every night? Oh, like, who I, are you seeing? Was that was Barry Levinson there? Craig T. Nelson? No, you know those guys were. They stopped. Uh, you know, they stopped working. I, I think I used to see their pictures there. Yeah. I never really watched. You got boy, you have a really good memory. Um, well, I, was, I was I lived at the place for almost a year, and I w- used to look at the pictures and wonder yeah, yeah. how everybody no, fit in. No, I never saw those guys. It was you know, before uh, you, you know huh? who was there. But Sammy was out. Sammy was definitely out. Okay, uh, who was also there was like um, Charlie Fleischer was there. Right, Mooney was there. Yeah. all the time. Me and him used to w- work ye for years uh, to one two in the morning. He, I'd go on like at one thirty. Yeah, he, he'd close the show for do like an hour at the end. And so, but Pryor was coming around then too. Oh, right? Pryor was definitely Pryor was there like se- uh, seventy five and on. Yeah, I watched him do hundreds of shows, hundreds of shows. And and so, but when did? But he was sort of the first major star that, like, kind of the place you know made its living. Yeah, on. yeah. Well, you know, the 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 guy that really made that place was Jimmy Walker. Yeah. You yeah, know, he he was a big star, and he put his name on the marquee, and we filled every night. Yeah, people don't know that. If it wasn't for him, that he that knows pl- that. that. I know that. You pl- but, he'll tell you that. Yeah, he'll tell you that. But it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But so, but Letterman and Leno were hanging oh, Len- around. Oh yeah, Leno and Letterman were there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Leno was great. Le- Jay Leno could do ninety minutes in a clip and make it look like it was the easiest thing in the world. He's a great stand-up comedian. Yeah. He was like the best. Letterman's there. Oh, yeah. David was there. He was yeah. like a guy from uh, Indianapolis. I, yeah. I saw him a couple years ago at, at um, uh, Johnny Witherspoon's uh, memorial. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still he, a good guy. He's gotten very sweet, yeah. I think, in his old age. I don't know him as a young man, but I, I, I've done his show and I'm like, he's just very, he's got a big heart these days. Yeah. D- D- David's a, uh, I've always liked David. You know? So who are your friends? Shirley and Mooney and who else? Oh, God. Who else? Or did you, you, know, you, were, you were living at the place. You had to, you were there I, all the time. I, I hung out with, uh, who else did I hang out with back then? I hung out with Johnny Witherspoon a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird. It's like my life from from like when I was a kid in Detroit yeah. it was the same. I hang out with mostly the black comedians. Yeah, you know it was weird. You know, you know, you grew up hanging out with mostly black people. Yeah, yeah. From the age of up to eleven, I only I only had black friends, and then I I moved into a white neighborhood, and yeah. it was the worst. I was bullied, and it was like the worst thing. Oh, really? People thought it was like you know it was really funny because like when you when I mentioned my old life to like, yeah. people, and I say, well, I, I, I was like the only white kid in my fifth grade English class. Yeah. And they go, oh, they'd whisper me, weren't you scared? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, 
do you mean wasn't I scared? That's all I knew. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Hey, you know, and then when I moved into the white neighborhood because I was a tiny kid, yeah. white kids beat the shit out of me. Yeah. And it was like, like in, 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 in the black neighborhoods, I was like fun. I was cool yeah. to hang out with. I was right. a cute little kid. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, were like a novelty, I, 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 yeah, a mascot. I was fun. Yeah, I was yeah. fun, you know, to hang out with. So when you get out here, so you're doing comedy. So how, what's the plan? I mean, you know, you're getting spots. So what are you going on auditions? Oh, you're trying uh, to... yeah, I was going on auditions. I was, uh, when I was- uh, Alan Bursky. What about Bursky? What about him? <laughs> he was around, right? Yeah, he was around. Freddie Prince? A little bit. Freddie Prince, I didn't know. Just to say after. hello. I saw him there. Oh, yeah? I would see him there. I'd see all these guys. Yeah. You know? But when I was 18, I was... Actually, today is his uh, 34th year Who? of his death. My mentor, Dawes Butler. Dawes Butler was the voice of Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear, Quick Drum McGraw, Snagglepuss Jinx, Pixie, Augie Doggy, Captain Crutch, Wally the Game, yeah. Lippy Lock. He, he saw me at 18 at the comedy store. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He was hanging around. He wasn't a comic. N- no. But get this. My old my roommate at that time, I moved into this other house yeah. and I got a roommate. Out of the Scabies he, yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, out of the Scabies house. Yeah. And I got a roommate's. And one of the roommates was write, writing for uh, some radio show and yeah. Dawes was on the radio show and he goes you gotta meet my roommate Joey he's a stand up comedian does all these voices and characters and yeah. stuff and it turns out Dawes had started as a stand up comic in Ohio doing voices and characters and yeah. you know all that stuff so he comes to the comedy store yeah and it's like a, it used to be not Monday night pot like So this. he started doing his voices on stage yeah, yeah. so he comes to the comedy store yeah. sees my act likes, yeah. likes me and I go hey Mitzi Dawes Butler is here and I go Dawes you wanna go on stage and I says, Mitzi, uh, uh, Dawes Butler, who's that? I go, he's Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw, Snaggle Pussy. Uh, tell the MC to put him on next. Yeah. So he goes on. And the place goes, he, and he hasn't been on stage in front of a live audience and God knows how long, Yeah, Mark. Yeah. So he's going, he's doing all the characters. The yeah. audience is, when. How, how often do you get to see Huckleberry Hound and Yogi Beer and Quick? And he's doing all these characters yeah. on stage. And they're his. He's, uh, and, he's and, them. It's him. And he's only like five feet tall. Yeah. What he's, is it with these short guys in the voices? Yeah, he's short guys in the voices. I'm <laughs> serious. No, no. Yeah, Paul, Big Fre- voice. Paul Freeze was who's like the voice of all the Haunted Mansion and all that stuff. Yeah. He was only like five two. Huh. Big, deep voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and so he's going nuts. He and, kills, uh, uh, and he's you're only supposed to do five minutes. Yeah. He's on like forty minutes, oh. and the crowd's going nuts. And then the black dude yells out, "Do Bugs Bunny, motherfucker!" <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, um, and then oh, that's not me, that's not me. And then yeah. it's, get him off, get him off. Then they finally got him off, and then yeah. he went on the second night. And I remember, yeah, he went on. He came back this next week and uh, did it again. Killed? Yeah, yeah, killed. But cause, cause No he, Mel Blank voices. Though. No Mel Blank voices. But it, it was pretty funny when the guy yelled yeah, out, yeah, do, do Bugs Bunny, you know, because like they were the two most famous uh, voiceover people in the world. Him and Mel. So Yeah, him and Mel. So Dawes asks me to be his protege. Oh, yeah. And uh, just like that. How does that, and then how did that work? What's that relationship? Uh, we, we, um, well, how do you be a protege? You're hired. I, I, what do you, well, what do you You're not hired. You just know, go to his, his, he had a little house in Beverly Hills. And yeah. He had a, uh, a, like, like a garage like this, like yeah. you have, where he had class and I would just study with him privately. Oh, he had a class. Yeah, yeah. But he I, taught. I, he taught. Yeah, he was, a, even on his tombstone, it says mentor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, mentor. Yeah, yeah. So you hey. start doing that and you're 19 or 18? A- 18. And what are, you, what are you learning as a voice Well, you know, what's, here's what he did for me. Yeah. You know, they talk about, well, you know, because I had a very good ear. I could do any type of accent, yeah. you know, um, um, dialect and all that kind of stuff. He gave me confidence. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, you're that young, you don't, you're insecure. You know, he gave me confidence. Dogs. Yeah. And um, he, he would t- teach me some accent, but the, basically it was an acting class. Yeah. Basically it was about characters. Yeah. Um, it was an acting class. It was yeah. my first acting class. And I loved it. Yeah. And he was, he was great. And I really didn't appreciate it back then. You know, when you're, yeah. when you're young and cocky, yeah. you know, you don't really appreciate what, what what you have, you know, it's like. But you're a big fan of his. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, God. I mean, he would just. So you're doing comedy, but you still like if you were still doing comedy in like the '80s when I got there. I mean, you were doing comedy. So yeah. did you go out on the road? Yeah, I did do the road a little bit. I did do the. But there was no real comedy clubs then. So uh, would you well, open uh, for musical acts? I, I did do some of that, and I did uh, you know 
God, what was I? I, you know, I'd have to look up in my, you know, my mind's going crazy. Yeah, I did open for musical acts, Jan and Dean and Badfinger. And, you opened uh, for Badfinger? Yeah, once. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. How, and, uh, how I opened those? for Oingo Boingo once. Oingo Boingo, that's a little later than Yeah, that Jan was a little later. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, some stadium somewhere. I can't remember. You know, my mind's a uh, was it, a That's a hard give, gig, right? Hard yeah, gig. all those gigs are hard, you know, opening up for those kind of guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, one story, I, I didn't open for him, but one time Joe Cocker came to see sure. me. Sure. At the comedy store, I was, oh, yeah. da- I was dating this girl who was who was Joe Cocker's babysitter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Joe Cocker comes to see me. Yeah. And he likes me. Yeah. So, and he was the most egoless guy I've ever seen yeah. in my life. He nice was the guy. nicest. And he goes, and he goes he, after he sees my act, he goes, let's, let's go. Come on, Joey, let's go. And like, like, he, he, grows, he takes me like this. And, he goes, and we go to, a, he's, he takes me to all these Hollywood parties. Yeah. And he goes, and he's like, and he's, he makes me out to be the star. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like 19. Yeah. He makes me out to be yeah. the star. Joe yeah. Cocker. Yeah. And he's like taking me all these parties. And he goes, goes you got to see Joey. He's great. He's yeah. fucking great. And he's like, we're at this party, and we're yeah. about 20 minutes. goes, let's get the fuck out of here. I go, what's going on? He goes, they're Scientologists. I don't like it. Let's go. He didn't want to be around Scientologists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when it was kind of new, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then we went to his at a, to a party at his house. Yeah. And they're all doing coke and, yeah. and all this stuff. And I didn't do anything. I didn't Nothing? Do, I didn't do drugs at all. Yeah, ever. I, I, I didn't like drugs. Yeah. I uh, go into the... I, it's like three in the morning. They're all, and he was so nice. Everybody's doing all this coke yeah. and everything. And like, so I'm like sitting there and uh, he go, I goes... I said, Joe, I'm going to go. He goes, no, 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 sit down. He kicks everybody out of the bathroom with yeah. me, and he's all loaded out of his fucking yeah. mind. And he goes, li- li- he goes, he wants to play me this uh, cassette tape. In the his, bathroom? Out, in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Out of this new album. Yeah. And he hits the play button, and it's like from that Luxury You Can Afford album, I think, or something. Uh-huh. It's some new album yeah. from the 70s or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And I go, sounds good. Sounds like shit. Is what he goes, he goes, sounds like shit. I go, oh, just shut more. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say anything. He yeah. just had done other drugs. Was like, was tell- I thought it sounded good. And he said, yeah. uh, but he was uh, the nicest guy. He didn't want me to leave. Yeah. And I had to leave. It was like four. Hard on himself. Yeah, yeah. It was very hard on himself. But it was, it was Joe Cocker. It's wild, man. I mean, isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, you're like an 18, 19 yeah, years old. Yeah, 19 years old. And he's the nicest guy. I mean, it was like he was just a, a sweetheart. So where does the career go? Like, how do you like stay? Like, you're 19, you're doing the voices, you're doing this. Well, and that. I did voice. Voiceover work, you know. Starting then, yeah, uh, yeah around uh, 1920. You know, I started doing stuff like uh, Smurfs. You oh know, yeah, in the 80, early 80s and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I was a Smurf for about a year. A year, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and just character voices and things like that. Animation. Yeah. You and know. I remember, like you, you didn't you have one of those composite headshots where yeah. you know, like you, yeah, went, with different characters. There's and like stuff. a big lollipop one. A guy holding a big lollipop with a little hat on, like a little yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You have a great memory, Mark. And, and <laughs> I don't even remember half the shit I did. Yeah. You, like, did you do some weird kid character? Yeah, I did a little kid character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah a little boy character that it was... Yeah. Who was that guy? There was a little boy character. And that ended up being the voice of one of the Smurfs, <laughs> you know? You what know. was it? It was a voice like this. His name was Natural Smurf. He talked like that, okay? Yeah. You know, so, so man, my voices would go from little tiny voices to, you know, I did Space Jam um, back in the 90s. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was the voice of, uh, uh, what do you call, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Bang the Monstar. And his voice was like, you're all washed up, baldy. <laughs> you know, that was like, you know, and that was Patrick Ewing. I was playing Patrick Ewing as a giant goon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in, in Space Jam. Yeah. So what what was your first big break then with the voices? Um, I guess the was the Smurfs. Smurfs, yeah, yeah. And did you get that? Who'd you get that through? You had an agent, or yeah, I had that? an agent, yeah, agent and all that kind of stuff. And so, and, like, how does that <clears throat> unfold for you? If this is such a big part of your life, I mean, you're doing like you never stopped doing comedy. When did you stop? Like, when did you feel like you stopped doing comedy? I mean, stop doing stand up. Yeah. Well, I got bored with it. Um, back in the late 90s and I started doing I did a one man show for a while you did? yeah yeah. was that a, a, an honest one or just character driven? no it was it was called um, In the Hood with Mrs. Aronovitz uh-huh. and it was about uh, a uh, it was one man I didn't do I, I, you know a lot of people comedians go I'm doing a one man show what they do they do stand up in the theater yeah and, and have, sure. the same act they've been doing forever yeah and, and, and that's a one man show right what this was 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 an actual play that I wrote yeah you know because I've been writing for a very long time yeah 
And um, it was about a, a woman, an old Jewish woman who had a, uh, an apartment house and her real estate developer's son tried to screw out of the, out of the building and tear it down and yeah. pull the parking lot. All the tenants get together and rally around yeah. the building back for her. So it was, I played like nine different characters. Oh, wow. How'd yeah. that go over? It was pre- pretty good. You Where'd know, you do it? Pretty good reviews. I did it in LA at a couple places and I did it in one, a couple places in New York. Well, what happened with the, like, so you're at the store still. So what, where were you during the strike? I was there performing. Yeah. I, I didn't cross the line. Yeah. I didn't cross the line at all. No. No. So, the strike was wild. Yeah. How'd that unfold? Like, what was, like, what was, uh, I've heard a couple points of view on it. Was that 75 or 76? <sighs> Something like that. You know. I, so I, everybody's I, just doing work for nothing. Everybody's working for free. Yeah. And Mitzi, I remember this fact and it kind of freaked me out because it was a lot of money. She spent like a half a million dollars yeah. not to let anybody <laughs> uh, you know, uh, during the strike, yeah, supposedly not to let anyone what uh, work, oh. yeah, yeah, not to have to pay anyone. Oh, okay, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, 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 ridiculous amounts of money. For what? How'd that work? What do you mean? I, I don't know. I mean, no. it, that's I remember a figure that I had heard. So there were people that were you know striking to get uh, some sort of wage, right, for performing, and then there were people that there were people that crossed the line. A few people, yeah, quite a few people, yeah. Yeah, and and did they ended up get, getting fucked? I, 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 you know what? I didn't pay too much attention to it. There are more people that were into that than I was. I just I didn't want to deal with all the politics and all that crap. So you didn't work? You know, no, no I didn't. Mm. I didn't. I just you know collected unemployment or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you don't like you. But it did resolve itself eventually. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's more guys that know about the whole history of that. Like Tom Dreesen knows the whole history. Of no, that. yeah, I talked to him about it. Yeah. But you're just one of the guys like I'm just going to avoid the place till they get this settled. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to. I don't want to deal with all that. And that Those was, guys were fucking nuts. They were. Yeah, and was fighting and screaming at each other on the line and all the that. Comics. Comics. They were like uh, angry. Yeah. You know, and just going nuts at each other. Really. Yeah. Like who? Oh, I don't know. If you really want to hear all the dirt? Well, no, but I mean, it's like a million years old. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I. I mean, I've talked to. Dreesen about it. I've talked to Leno about it. I've talked to. Oh, you talked to Leno about it. Oh, yeah, Ali yeah. Joe Prater. Remember oh, yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, he's him? dead. Sure. Yeah, he's dead. But you he know. was. Uh, what, he crossed the line. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he crossed the line, and people were like going ape shit on his ass. He's, uh, so he was on Team Mitzi. Yeah, oh, he was on Team Mitzi for yeah. a long time. And Mitzi helped him out, go to rehab a couple times. Oh, I know. I, when him. I was a doorman, he lived up in that house that she had at the top of the parking lot. There, you know, he'd hobble around with his gout and like, yeah, he's like a uh, like he was this notorious joke thief that was, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Always oh, oh, yeah. People didn't like him for doing that at yeah, all. And, yeah. you know, and Ollie, Ollie, Ollie had a lot of demons, you know. I mean, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, yeah. By the time I saw him, he was like, he looked like he was going to die. He must have weighed two, three hundred pounds. Well, you, you want to know why? He was like that too. I mean, he I mean, he from Jackson, Michigan, which yeah. is like a shithole. Um, he he. Um, this is uh, people don't know this story. Uh, Ali, uh, when I met him, he was driving a meat truck. Yeah. That's what he did for a living. Yeah, and he could like he bring back a he go hey you guys want to hey Joey you want to uh, he gave me a box of Delmonico steaks. Yeah, because he would just take them off the truck and give yeah. them to me. It's a very tragic story. He um, was driving a truck and one of the wheels fell off and yeah. he got in a car accident and he hit a car and two kids were killed, little boys. Uh-huh. And he killed two kids. Yeah. Terrible. And that, 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 that ruined him. That, that, forever. It ruined him forever. That's why he was, you got high a lot and, huh. and, and gained weight and all that stuff. And never was, could process it. I never, yeah. Even though it was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah. And that, that was one reason that he was the way he was. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. 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 Most people don't know that story. Yeah, I mean, that was, well, most people don't know him. They don't know him at a period, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but that but that was a sad thing for the guy. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. You know? So so when the strike finally resolves itself, you start working again. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just you started going on and you got you paid your little twenty five dollars, yeah. whatever, and yeah, because like you were doing the main room a lot when I was the doorman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did the main a, room and you get you get you get a little piece of the yeah, door. you got a piece of the door and you yeah. make you could make good money. So when did this uh, addiction start to reveal itself for me? Yeah, that revealed itself for me uh, in the uh, uh, ninety four. Oh, 94 was when you got hip to it? or, or Not when, when I got into recovery. <laughs> when you got into recovery. Oh, so you didn't know you were doing anything wrong. How did your life get out of control? What was the process? Oh, so fuck you, me. 
What? I mean, it was like uh, yeah, a process. I don't. Do I really want to hear? I should talk about this shit. Don't, I mean, don't you, don't you talk about it? Yeah, I do. And yeah, yeah, not that much, but yeah. I mean, it seems to be part of your story. It is part of my story. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, because you you're in Hollywood. You're 19, you, 20 years old. Yeah, you're. You know, you're cruising for horrors. And, yeah, you know, I'm there everywhere. That's what you were doing on yeah. Sunset Strip. Uh, oh fuck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like an alcoholics, you know. Like, where do I get my next drink? Oh yeah, where do I get my next hit of coke? Yeah, where do I get my next hooker? Yeah, <laughs> so you're a hooker guy. Yeah, I yeah. was. And yeah. that one. Oh, but well, my wife's gonna really like hearing this. Oh, but well, she knows. Yeah, she knows. But you, but but it's interesting because I don't know that I've talked to too many sort of sex addicts that 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 can frame it in a way that you know that that is a recovery story you, you know you, you don't like i don't know that people know look everyone knows you know there's gambling addicts you know mitchell walter yeah you, you knew oh, him oh god <laughs> what oh uh, you know what's right what i have to say because when you when you talk to comedians yeah i have to i, I like to be a positive person you know uh-huh, uh-huh. but when you start talking about these people you know it, it gets it can get you into this negative mode oh yeah you know yeah. it's like you know it's like you know it's like fuck that guy <laughs> yeah. that guy's a fucking asshole i, I you know, know that mode well you yeah. know you know it's like you know it, you know comedians when you get around and you start talking about people from the past it's like that guy's a dick yeah you know it's like you know you know because like comedians are like some of those negative people you could ever meet uh-huh you know and they get up on stage yeah. and they're saying all this negative, depressing sure. shit. Yeah. And so, I mean, but it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. In fact, Mitchell Walters was the last guy that Steve LeBeckin saw before he died. Come on. Yes, he is. How do you know that? I know it for a fact. Why? Okay. Because he he said, hey, how's it going? Cause, and he goes, he saw him in the lobby of the Continental Hyatt House the, yeah. when he was going up. I said, well, shit, I'd jump too if I had to see with that son of a bitch. <laughs> before <laughs> and now they're both gone now they're both gone i didn't know him that well i just knew that you know i knew that oh, I, knew, I knew him yeah <laughs> he was a gambling addict and just a yeah he used to come over to my house and heck they had a card game once and try to cheat people i just he'd borrow money from waitresses he was a low life yeah yeah never yeah. pay him back yeah waitresses aren't making any money yeah you know he's just horrible shit yeah do you remember when sam showed up sam oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah how was that for you you know he grew on me. Um, you know, Sam, you know, at first I was like, what the fuck? This guy's just screaming this shit out. And, yeah. You know, it's like, who is, you know, when you have to you scream your punchlines, I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, uh-huh. come on. Yeah. You know, and, and after a while I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, but. Was he uh, nice to you? When he wasn't high. Yeah. Right. When he was high, he was not a nice person. Yeah. What about Dice? He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah andy silverstein andrew silverstein yeah but how about damon wayans i remember seeing him when he was a kid over there you guys get along all right yeah, yeah. all right yeah all right yeah. we uh <laughs> mark wants all the all, all, all the no, dirt no i don't want any dirt i, just, I mean <clears throat> this is it, the weird thing about this particular dirt is it's so small it's so small no one knows yeah exactly so like it's all it's always fascinates me when i talk to guys from the store because like you know like i have my experience there and i've talked to all the old guys you know about it yeah but it, you know and jimmy walker is very lucid about you know that management company he had and you know working with the letterman and leno and writing for those like you know there's a whole world there that a few people care about but it's just sort of interesting to me for my own experience sure to know what these guys were like back then, because I missed a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and I worked with these guys. You know? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you worked yeah, with them all the time. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Damon was pretty funny. I mean, we, we actually, actually, Mitzi made us a comedy team for about six weeks. Really? Yeah, we were. She called, was kind of weird like that. So like, M- should... Mitzi would do weird shit. Like, you know, comedians worshipped her. Yeah. You know I mean, they they'd come from around the country. Well, they, from Chicago, they, New York. They wanted the opportunity. They wanted to be on the They comedy. were scared of her now, like you are of a leader of companies. They were scared of her. I just thought she was a nut job. Uh-huh. You know, because I'd known her since I was like 17 years old. Yeah. She was just wacky lady. Would be, she would, she'd be in the booth. Yeah. You know, and she'd hey, yeah. get him off, turn the lane. Yeah, yeah. Nut job. Uh-huh. You know, and, and she had all this power. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and uh, she says, "Damon, you, you and so Damon." So she made made us a, made us a comedy team. We would do sketches. We were called Chocolate Moose, and we did it for like six weeks. Uh-huh. And we, we she gave us prime time spots for six. Were you, you getting know. laughs? Yeah, big laughs. 
You know, it was like we were doing sketch comedy. Yeah. And, you know, then we just said, you know. In the main room? Main room, little room, whatever. And I'm like, all right, that's it. You know? Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It, it didn't stick. You know, we, just, we said, we, we don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, we're done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're like. Interesting. We're, yeah. But like, you know, I do notice that you brought a paper. I, or I do say I was, was talking about this uh, film that I uh, have been trying to get made. It's called Pieces of Strange. Well, yeah, yeah. What it's is about it? a sex addiction. It's in the vein of uh, leaving Las Vegas, except the drug of choice is uh, uh, prostitutes. Uh, no, se- yeah, sex addiction, and yeah. it's, it's based on my old life. But it's about a guy who's he's a he's an auto dealer uh, in he has an auto a used auto dealership in Las Vegas, and he's trying to maintain a normal life. Yeah, um, wife and kids, wife and kids, uh-huh. and he's a sex addiction, sex sex addict. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that sounds pretty yeah. menacing. Yeah, so we're trying to raise like one point four mil for it. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. So, like, like going back to that. So, like, in, you're you know twenty, twenty one years old, and you're just living the life, and you think like, well, this is, you know, this is Hollywood. This is what we do. This is the seventies, and you're just running around, you know, getting hookers and stuff. You know, I had girlfriends and stuff, you know, too. You know, yeah, yeah. But so that was the double life element. Yeah, yeah. So that's really where, because like, you know, in the language of recovery, you, you know, what determines whether you have a problem or not is when your life becomes unmanageable. Exactly. So. So, like, in not having that, you know, not being a hooker guy and not having that particular addiction in that way, you know, I've, I've experienced my share of porn and, and, and sort of love addiction, but how, did, how does that start to spiral? Okay, it spiraled, be, you know, you, it just gets worse and worse. You know, you start, you know, you're on the streets and you're cruising for hours. Or you're, oh, really? Yeah, or, okay. Or you're, yeah. or you're, you know, masturbating yourself into a fucking frenzy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sure. you're... You know, pornography, yeah, and yeah. you know, there's no internet then, and yeah. you know, there's, so you got to go to the stores, and, stores, and, and videotapes, videotapes, and yeah. you know, you're sitting there looking at fucking videos for, for hours, and yeah, it's like, yeah, and you can't stop, and it, it, it's really a very depressing life. Yeah, and now it's like these people are on the internet for like fucking 17 hours no, a day. I know I know a guy that was deep in and yeah just they, they yeah, can't it, get it, out of the really loop. It's really horrible. I mean yeah. you, you, it's very depressing. It's very and it's like what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. You know, you just sit there and you go uh, this is not the life I signed up for, you know. What well, I mean? it's interesting it's, when things get away from you like in, in terms of like that particular one you know where you do like I, I imagine that you know if you're trying to have regular relationships but you have you're compelled towards you know hookers and porn yeah that there's there yeah how many times did you have to have that conversation with a, a regular person who is wanting to have a relationship with you you, you, you don't have to, you don't have that conversation because you can't explain it they just no, leave. no yeah yeah or I mean or if you if you you know you know, I had, was dating one girl once, and I sh- showed her something that I had a magazine. She yeah. was fucking freaked out, and they want to have nothing to do with me. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, and it's like okay, then you're going to yourself. Oh, this is not. I'm not sane. Yeah, right. There's right. Something wrong with me. So we finally hit the wall in '94. Yeah, and then I was like, you what know, what was your bottom? What made what what made oh, you? Oh, I'm go not there? talking about that. Okay. What <laughs> was my bottom? What are you, my fucking therapist? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I had a conversation with somebody, a comedian, and they were talking about some, I think it was SLA. Yeah, yeah. And I go, what is that? Slap? I go, does that mean you slap your meat? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, when you're talking about sex and love addicts, I thought it was slap. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sex and love addicts. Yeah, yeah. I go, go, oh, I thought it was slap. He's trying to help you out. Yeah. So I went out to, to, I went to a meeting of that sex and love addicts anonymous. Yeah. And then I turned to some guy, I go, I thought this was more for sex addiction. Ah, oh, no, nah, man, you don't want this. You want SAA, Sex Addicts Anonymous. Oh, yeah. So I go, okay, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I barely lasted in that one meeting. So I, yeah. I found a Sex Addicts Anonymous meeting, and I went in, and they're like, okay, I'm so, home. So you went and found a room full of seven guys who were like, no. No, no, but they're not like that. They're, no, no, they, they look like, you know, you always think that it's like, yeah. you're going to look at, uh, you're going to go say, <laughs> some guy like, yeah. I mean, there are a couple guys but like, that, that look like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. the most of them just look like your next door neighbor. Sure, That sure. look like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. What, whoever. Sure. So were, were you able to, so you figured out what you're sort of like, you know, you were able to put a, 
figure out your bottom line around sex and not act out and, and yeah and yeah they have they have like a, like a program you sure, know of, sure. of what you stay away from yeah, and, yeah. Da, 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 and, and you're that. doing it yeah and did it a long time you did a long and you're able to find a relationship yeah I've been married almost 20 years oh that's that's great you have kids <laughs> no kids no kids no kids but but you worked it out huh yeah and through that program though were you able to sort of track you know the evolution of why you ended up there Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, it, you 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 realize, you know, it's all from childhood. Most people that are that have that addiction have some sort of, uh, um, not all, but yeah. a lot of them have some sort of sexual abuse yeah. type situation going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. Sure, sure. In, in, in most of the, you know, in 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 porn and all that stuff, you know, I remember. The, there used to be these porn stars that would come to the comedy store all the time. Yeah, I yeah. Christy Canyon. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Amber Lynn used to Amber come Amber Lynn, right. I remember meeting them and stuff and all, uh, talking to them and everything. Ron and, Jeremy was around. Oh, I used to talk. Oh, God. He's in jail now. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's a strange guy. I, mean, I remember. I remember. He a, used to have me of, talk kind to of these a bad guy. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, I got stories about him, but but anyway, he used to have these girls come on, and I used to like, you know, oh my god, porn stars. Yeah. You know, I would talk to them, and after, you know, like they're hot looking and everything. Yeah. And after I got through talking to him, he was like, oh my god, I don't want to do anything with them. They're just, they're just they were like, yeah. so depressing and mis- messed up. I remember driving one girl home to her, like her. She was staying at a hotel in yeah. the, on Sepulveda Boulevard. I yeah. gave her a ride home. She was like so depressed. She was so sweet, though. She was gorgeous. Yeah. But she was so sweet. She said she only did scenes with women for the money. And she, yeah. I mean, with guys for the money. And yeah. It was just so sad. You they're, know. Yeah, they're sad people. They're it's sad. Not... They were all sexually abused. Every single so, one of them. So I guess at some point the the reason you start to get sober is you kind of like it's that's sort of like an empathetic breakthrough to not objectify somebody and understand the the, the yeah. tragedy of it all. Yeah, you understand yeah. that you don't want to contribute to that. Yeah, that that yeah, that yeah. abuse because yeah. everyone I'm out there is abused. I mean, you think people it's their goal in life to be on the street, you know, yeah. sucking off guys in cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, oh, it's my goal in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like you know, you know, you know. I mean, it is all self-absorbed stuff. You know, yeah. you know. So, are you working? through all this too right i mean you, you know you're you're living this life but you're doing a lot of voice work and you're doing all this yeah stuff. i'm still able, making a living yeah making a living and yeah doing all that shit and you know and you know you you just boy i can't believe i'm talking to you about this mark well i mean it, it sort of happens we talk about recovery a lot on this it comes up yeah yeah, yeah. so do you ever like um do you ever do any live performing anymore you know, I haven't the the, the the live performing I've been doing lately is at people's memorials. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, speaking at the memorials and stuff. Who have you done? People uh, we know. Uh, Mooney, I did a couple of Mooney's. Oh yeah, yeah, Mooney's. I spoke at his. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Well, he had he had one at the Laugh Factory, and they had but this huge thing at the Roosevelt Hotel, and I, they had me speak at because I was one of his oldest friends. Really? How yeah. was that for you? That was really great. You know, because um, li- at least I was one of the one people that knew him very well. Yeah. You know, and all it, through his life. You know, Did you at guys- the last last. Ten or more years, we didn't have much, much communication. Yeah. But the earlier years, I was one of like, and it was really weird with Paul because Paul, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, he would do all that racist stuff on stage, you know, about the white man. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It was all an act. Yeah. You know, I was like, I told him at the Laugh Factory, I go, this is bullshit. I go, you know, you guys are all thinking, I go, I go Paul lived in white neighborhoods. Yeah. He had, well, I never saw one black person at his house. It was all, you know, and and, and, and he's befriending me. I had no idea how old he was. I mean, his kids, you know, were like- The Mooney twins? Yeah, they're like a year younger than me. <laughs> you know, and, like, and, I, and I did not know how Paul, how, how Paul, how old Paul was. Yeah. And he just liked me. He was, a, he was a great guy and he always kept his word. He put me on the Richard Pryor show yeah what now tell me about that show like how did that happen okay the richard Pryor show that's 1977 you know, it was only four four episodes yeah and uh you know uh paul this has never happened in the history of uh uh network television mm-hmm. no one on that cast had to audition no one yeah it was just given the part they knew you could do it and they pulled them all from the comedy store. Yep. It was what it was you, Bernhard, Robin. Robin Williams uh, with Johnny Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh Tim Reed. Yeah, Tim um, Reed. Uh who else? Um 
you'd have to look it up on Wicked, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys. Oh, Vic Dunlap. Oh yeah, Vic Dunlap, who right. passed away. Yeah. He was a sweet guy. Yeah, I've known him since I was eighteen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Those guys. Uh, yeah, in in we didn't have to audition. They yeah, just put me in a couple of sketches and and you know hanging out. And who was writing? Paul and and Paul and Pryor. And, yeah. Um, I I don't know who else was other writers were. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a good learning experience. And Paul would re- write a sketch for me or, you know, yeah. a white guy who wants to be black. Yeah. You know, they, they, they put me in that, That's, you know. That, that was your part over you know, and one, over one again? Of the, one of the parts. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the parts. That's little, funny. A little, little sketch. And, um, you know, and then I remember I did one sketch and there was like, I ad lib something and I got a huge laugh and it was cut out. Oh. That's happened to me a few times in, in like in, uh, in, in 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 stuff where I got a huge laugh. Right was that or, scene- I, or I upstage somebody? Yeah. and it'd be gone. Right. <laughs> was it? Was that at CBS? Where was it? No, NBC. At NBC. Yeah. And because uh, I remember watching it pretty recently, because there was a bunch of stuff of Richard showing up at the show, right? Yeah. Isn't there like uh, uh, bits and pieces where, like, it's he's, been so long since I've seen that. Oh, stuff. oh, oh! But it it must have been, that was the first big TV show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the first thing I did. Yeah, yeah. And Paul, like, uh, like, what about that roast? That there, that... oh, that roast was insane. I didn't, I didn't get to be in that. I didn't get to be. That in seemed that. like crazy. I, I, I just had small little sketches, like two or three. Right, because yeah. that was the the roast. Where the roast was fucking insane. It's like it's hard to find. It was not television. No, no. I mean, because they were all talking about him real sweet, and then he gets up there and rips everybody a new Paul. fucking no, no. Oh, uh, Richard, Richard, yeah. rips everybody a new fucking asshole. Yeah, and it was like it was unfucking believable. Pryor was funny. Richard was just as funny off stage as he was on. Sure. I mean, just talking to him. Yeah. I mean, he'd make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would do shit. I remember one time we were in the hallway of the comedy store. Yeah. And he starts telling this story about um, this white guy that was performing. Yeah. Uh, God, this is all coming back to me. The people don't know these. And Okay. We're standing in the hallway at the back of the comedy yeah. store there. and By the phone. By the phone. Yeah. Okay. And Richard's telling us this story. <laughs> Me, I'm standing there. I think Mooney's there. Yeah. And he starts talk, telling us this story about some white guy who was auditioning at the Apollo Theater playing guitar. Yeah. Some redneck. Yeah. And going, ding, 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 um, my guitar. And, dear, dear, dear. and he said they didn't like him. They're booing him. And they had the microphone. He said it went down into the floor to yeah. get him off. Yeah. And he starts pretending he's the guy. And he's singing all the way down to the floor with the microphone. <laughs> yeah. And just the way he did it, it was so fucking funny. <laughs> and he was like- make, Acting it out. Acting it out. Yeah. And it would just make me laugh so yeah. hard. He just made me laugh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. You know, just he's hang, great. hanging yeah, out. Yeah. But you know, you know, I wasn't one of the guys that got to go to his house or anything, you know. Yeah. There was a house he had in Northwood, but you know, yeah, you know, he was the opposite of Paul. Paul had mostly white friends. Richard, I, I don't really think hung out with too many uh-huh. white dudes. White dudes, was, yeah, yeah, white yeah. chicks, but not white dudes. Uh huh. But <laughs> you and Paul, like you know, Paul was always interesting. You know, he had an act, but he he seemed like a, di- a different kind of guy off stage. I don't, I can only imagine what he would have been he, personally. He's, he's very sweet. He guy, would huh? scare. scare he did it on purpose. I know. Uh, I saw it happen. That's he what would scare told. white guys on purpose. Yeah, and I, I knew this from the beginning. So like people would say, Joe, uh, Joe, you hang out with Mooney? I'm like, yeah, you know, because you know he knew I was a real guy from yeah. Detroit. You know, he's not. I'm not like he wouldn't have hung out with me if I was. You know, yeah. You know, so here's a story. I actually told this at the Laugh Factory during the thing. The, for one of the first gigs I ever had, paying gigs as a stand up, I was like. This is before the Richard Pryor show. Yeah, uh, Paul, there was no clubs to play, so right. Paul had was from the, the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, and um, he always pretended like I'm from the ghetto and all this stuff. Yeah, I, so he got these little one nighters. Yeah, okay, sure. In um, the little he book them out. No, 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 no. He he had, he They'd booked hire himself. Him. No, he booked it for me and him. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That he found up in the Bay Area. Sure. So we drive up. He had this this old Jaguar that fucking sucked up oil every fucking. I remember the Cadillac. Yeah. And yeah. he used to drive Mitzi's Cadillac. That yeah. that one with the Comedy Store logo on it. Yeah. You, oh, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So so we go up there to the Bay Area. Yeah. And um, I stayed at his mom's house. We stayed at his mom's house. And yeah. His mom's house. It's a nicer neighborhood than I ever lived in. Yeah. He's like you know he pretended he was like from the ghetto or something. He's like, yeah. It was like, you know, leave it to Beaver home. Yeah. You know, you know like, like in like Presidio Heights or some shit. Yeah. It was like a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. Neighborhood. yeah. Like, and his mom looked young as him. Yeah. You know, young, looked like, like his sister. Yeah. And um, so we go to these gigs and there's these, uh, um, 
comedian, and, and there was this one comedian. I'm, I'm not going to say his name because I don't like him, and, but he's still an asshole. And uh, and he's like, he was just starting out, and yeah. he's like a real cocky fuck. Yeah. And Mooney just grabs him and goes, no, 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 you introduce me like this, brother. No, 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 and don't say anything. Don't deviate from what I tell you. <laughs> and he goes, okay, yes, yes, Mr. Mooney, yes, yeah. Mr. Mooney. Yeah. And then he walks away, and Paul goes, Joey, did I scare him? <laughs> just like that, yeah. Because yeah, he was, he said, and he, he was always doing that because he didn't yeah. like the guy. The guy was a dick. Yeah, and um, and he's still a dick. He's still a dick. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> and um, so and and, and and we went and did these little gigs, and it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And I got, I don't even remember what I got paid. And, and, yeah, and yeah. on the way back, we went to his grandmother's house, and she made us fried chicken. Uh, who she lived like in Oakland. She made us a big bag of fried chicken and it was a, she put it in a, a paper bag and yeah. we're, we're eating the fried chicken on the freeway and throwing the bones out the window yeah. on the way back. And, yeah. and he goes, Joey, give me that bag. Don't eat all that chicken, Joey. And like, it, it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's interesting that, you know, he was able to, like, you know, he was, like I guess at that point, you know, learning how to be scary. Somehow. Yeah, well, he was doing that, to, but it was just an intimidation thing, yeah. and he would laugh about it. But, yeah. but the, those guys were, you know, they just couldn't spot it. You know, yeah. they just were intimidated by. Well, black. that was it. Became his tone. His comedic tone was really that. Yeah. Know, that. Well, I mean, he would do, he'd do the, you know, the 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 the, 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 the white man black yeah, guy yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, and he, he was married to a white lady. You know, he had one white wife. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I don't know what his private life. Uh, oh, I know seems, all about it. It seems to be you know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, no. He had you know he was married several times and sure. he had a bunch of different kids, sure. a bunch of kids, and you know. And what about Robin? Did you have a relationship with Robin? Yeah, well, Robin, you know, you know, I, I stayed away from the guy. You know, I mean, he used to steal material. Yeah, you know, I mean, he stole my material. He did. Yeah. One, one, he stole one of my bits and did it on the uh, uh, Mork and Mindy pilot. Oh really? Yeah, it was on the pilot. Wow! And I got really pissed. Yeah. And he gave me a check for three hundred dollars, and I'll never forget. And he goes, uh, "Don't cash it till Tuesday." And I was really fucking angry at the wow. guy. Wow! Really angry at the guy. Did you guys get into a big fight? Well, I didn't. I'm not gonna. I I, I don't. I'm not physical. I'm not a big guy. No, I know, but you know, but uh, no, I just didn't. You know, I just didn't. You know, you know, it was the fact. You know. Just, you know, he, he did that a lot. Then he stole from a lot of people. Yeah, you know, it was, and he just gave people checks and yeah, think that was but, okay. But the thing is, he only stole from people that he could get it away from. You didn't see him stealing from George Carlin or yeah. you know, or, or um, oh, you, you're saying people that no one knew, no one knew, or mm. people that needed money. Yeah, and some people pay their rent just from him stealing their jokes. He do their, but the whole thing is, and I talk about this in the book. Uh, he st- he would steal jokes. You, you would steal your joke, do it on Tonight Show, then you do your joke, and people think you stole from Robin Williams. Right. That's like you know Stephen King doing t- stealing. You know, comedians. The worst thing you can do to a comedian, as you know, is steal your material. Yeah, yeah, especially when the world was that small, where it's like you know there were three TV shows. Right. So and, like you know people knew every you know millions of people were watching the Tonight Show. Right. And, it, and you, there's your joke on a Tonight Show. And then you do it in the club. And, and they go, like, oh, you stole Robin Williams' material. No, fuck you. He stole my shit. Did he ever make it right with you? He just gave me a check. Oh, so that was it. And that. that was it. Yeah. And then, and then I just like, you know, kind of like stayed away from the guy. After all this is like, you know, the one man show. Now you got these books. What's, what? Tell me about My Life with Snoopy. There's a... My Life with Snoopy is a book I wrote about my um, shelter dog. It's, oh, yeah. It's, uh, I adopted a shelter dog. See, I had a real a bad problem when I was a little boy. Yeah. Uh, my I had a puppy yeah. when I was 10 years old. His name was Snoopy. Yeah. And my uh, parents took him away from me. Yeah. Who does that to a kid, yeah. a 10-year-old boy? Why, why'd they take him away? Uh, they just said, well, you, you, can't, you can't feed him or something. They, they made some bullshit excuse. Oh. I was devastated. Can you imagine if you have a puppy? They give you a puppy, and then they tell you... Um, we're taking it away. Is this what led to the sex addiction and everything? Oh, no, more than that. <laughs> more than that. Yeah. It was a horrible shit. Yeah. So I had, at the age of 40, yeah. I adopted this dog from the Burbank Animal Shelter. Oh. And, and the book is called My Life with Snoopy. Yeah. How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure. It's about my 13-year relationship. Because when he died, it was like oh. my, my, my kid died. Yeah. You know? It's like you and your cats. Yeah. You know? It was it's like- Terrible. I was devastated. I was, yeah. like, I was suicidal. Oh. So I wrote this book about him, and it's all my adventures with him. And it's, that's sweet. It's a very, it's a very, um, 
kid-friendly book. Oh, that's sweet. My my autobiography is not a kid-friendly book, but the Life with Snoopy is a. Is a and is what's a, this video with the Life? With the, Snoopy? That, no, that's an audio book. Oh, it's just the audio book. Yeah, on oh. CDs. And, uh, on oh well, that's when did you do that? I, I, I when I when I re, when I after I uh, wrote the book, I did it on audio. Well, when did you write the book? How long ago? That was 2013. Oh, you got a new dog. No, I haven't got a dog since. Really? I know I was so devastated. That's like I'm scared. You know, I, yeah. I should get another dog. Yeah, I know. You should. So, what do you spend your days doing, Joey? Uh, voiceover. Yeah. You know, writing. Yeah. Um, trying to get this movie made. And trying to get this movie made. Yeah, get this movie made. So, if you know anybody with one point four million wants to make a sex addiction movie, just let me know. Hold up. We'll put the we'll put our feelers out we'll there. Put our fe- <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 uh it's been challenging. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's just um, it, it's different. It's good. I've been I've been writing screenplays for a very long time. Yeah, you know, and you uh, sold a few, and that never got made. Just or? options and uh, yeah, yeah. Got made. You know that kind of thing. I've show business. You show business. You yeah. know, I mean, you've written. I mean, so you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's just interesting, like to talk to a guy. You know, like you know, where you know you're a big comic for a long time, and and then, but you you know, show business is there's a million different things that we do. Yep. Yeah, and it's like it's a great story because I talked like you know who I talked to. You remember Billy Braver? Yeah. Yeah, and that was not the the greatest story. <laughs> it was a little sad, you know. But like you know, like you, you just keep chipping away. You seem well. It's no, nice. I'm I'm doing great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel great. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's show business. I chose it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, could, I could have been a stockbroker making a lot of money, but yeah. I, uh, I don't want to do that shit. Yeah, yeah, of course not. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad we did this. It was great talking to you. You too. All right, thank you for having me. Yeah. That was Joey Kamen. Interesting. Glad I got a chance to talk to him. Uh, for all Mark Marin related things, go to WTFPod.com slash tour if you want to know the tour dates. Now I'm going to play my new guitar in the same old way that I always play it. The guitar. Yeah. That's what I do.